Okay, folks, thanks for listening today. Um, extremely excited today to have Paul Wise on the phone. Um, Paul is uh, an owner of Cristiano's Pizza uh, in Wisconsin, three locations there. His father started the business years ago, and he and his siblings are involved. And it's a really neat story, and uh, they just have a very inspiring business and a successful business. And uh, uh, actually, Paul and I tried this once uh, a few weeks ago, and I spoke to him for almost an hour, and I was so excited to download the podcast. And then my podcast tool that I have been using failed me, uh, and we only got like three minutes of the conversation. So we're gonna we're gonna try to take two. So Paul's been real nice to offer uh, uh, his time again. So thank you very much, Paul. Anytime. Um, so so tell t- tell a little bit about the uh, the background, the, the story. You know, the quick story about Christiana is your your dad uh, was not in the restaurant business, but he he started. Um, Christiana's back in like was it like ninety six? Uh yep. if I remember correctly. Yep. Yeah, he started in ninety six. Um he had prior experience uh growing up in Milwaukee, working with some Italian families that ran restaurants um down there. So he he uh got to the point in his life, I think, where he um wanted to live out his passion, um and and that was always uh making pizzas. So he thought, let's start a restaurant. So, yeah, he started in 96. I think I was like 10 or 11 years old at the time. Um, so it was a it was a big life change for us. Um, you know, my dad was doing construction-type work, so he'd leave early in the morning and come home at uh, 4 or 5 at night, um, and we'd all have dinner together um, and do that. And obviously when the restaurants opened in 96, our lives changed, <laughs> you know, drastically to the hours of, of uh, restaurant people. So... But it uh, it's been fun so far. Now you, so you really, I mean, so you were eleven, so more or less, you effectively, you know, grew up um, around the business and uh, probably saw a lot of things along the way. What, what did you, you know, being a part of it from an early age? What were some of the things that you liked about the business? Things that you saw, you know, that that your dad loved that, you know, maybe translated over you and then what were some things about it that maybe you were uh you thought, man, that's that's you know that makes this business hard. And you know, what did you really kinda of learn over those years? Um, yeah, I I mean I think what I loved about it was the interacting with people constantly. Um always exciting, you know, always new, always changing. Um, that is what excited me. Um you know, just just seeing the different dynamics of not only your employees but your customers, and um, being so involved in so many other people's lives, you know, and that was a, that was a big change for our family. Obviously, is and and what I think most of America goes through is, you know, they they don't get to to probably be in as many relationships as as we're obviously given the opportunity to be in because of the restaurant um, mm-hmm. business. So. That, that to me was, you know, the the exciting thing. Um, especially when you give people good food, they uh they uh, seem to to enjoy themselves and it's it's usually a pleasant a pleasant interaction. But even even when things don't go um as planned, you have an opportunity to get to know people um even on a on a closer level on how you handle on how you handle that. Um so and I, so that that's what kind of intrigued me about the restaurant business. I think what I what I didn't like is obviously the um, probably the the amount of attention that it takes and you know the hours the things that we're talking about it it does get hard when when you're working um, you know when everyone else has off on you know the the big holidays and you know those are restaurant restaurant hours those are you know busy times for a restaurant so I think uh, you know that that is obviously the the hard part about it, um, you know, but I think, I think it's all, it's all relative. I think every, every career probably has, has their, uh, their ups and downs in that way. Um, for me, I would rather, I'd rather be working on a Saturday night, um, you know, hanging out with our employees and our, and our, uh, customers than, than sitting at home watching TV, but, <laughs> Yeah, man. Well, you know, and you, but you got, you got, you got to experience that and see that kind of growing. And that's a, um, that's a really important piece, you know, for folks that are 
wanting to get into the business. I mean, um, you know, especially if you don't have a lot of experience. And it worked out well for your dad. Uh, he had a big passion for pizza. But if you're not, if you're not, those are, that's a really important part, I think. If you're listening to this and you're thinking about it, I mean, you, you, are, you are working on those times. This is not, you know, sort of the um, uh, corporate American job where you're off on, you know, you get a few weeks a year and those are typically going to be, you're going to take off on holidays and things like that. I mean, you're, those are some of your busiest times, so you really need to be prepared to, to uh, be busy and be working and working really hard uh, during some of those days that a lot of people take as their, as their holidays. Yeah, and I think, you know, for me, I always tell people, I always say, like, man, you work a lot. You're always here, you're, you know. And, you know, for me, because we did start it when I was so young, it, it is it's become a way of life for me, you know. So yeah. I caution people the same way um, if it's friends that are thinking about, you know, joining us. Or, you know, I always, I always, I always caution them and make them think about that too. For me, it's easy because it, it has become what we do and, um, for for some people it is hard you know it it, it is totally different um, especially you know especially when you have families and stuff um, you know and they're at home you know at night and you're working um, you know so that that that's a whole new dynamic that um, I think is important to have uh, you know the support from your family um, because it, it does get it does get challenging at, at times. Now, so you had a lot of years uh, of experience kind of coming into this, um, yet you still are constantly trying to learn about the business. So, folks, uh, for for those of you listening, Paul, you know, he got in touch with us uh, a few months ago, and I think it was, was it from watching the videos? Is that right? Um, uh, yeah, your book, your book and your videos. Yeah, so you read the you read the book, you were watching the videos, and you you know we so you, you kind of you know we we got you connected with with Tad Peelin and folks he he was actually Tad was in the book he's been on the podcast he was in the video series a really successful uh, operator out in Gilbert Arizona and I know you happen to be out there on vacation you guys met but you're always trying to learn uh, from other people that have been successful so here you are I mean a lot of people might say I don't need to read this book about successful restaurant owners. I've been doing this since I was 11. What is it that, why do you continue to try to uh, learn from others? Yeah, well, and that's something I always tell uh, these kids that work for me. What I've realized is that the most successful people in life, usually when they become super successful, they write a book about how they became successful. So I like to read books. So I try yeah. to encourage people. <laughs> I try to encourage people just to do that simple thing um but you know i just i feel like tad in arizona he's dealing with a totally different market totally different food totally different way of serving the food but you know doing it so well um and i just thought you know how how can you pass up an opportunity to learn from someone someone like that um and yeah i, I think i think in this business you you constantly want to be growing and doing better because it's constantly changing. Um, you know, the way people um, are eating and what they're eating and what they expect out of food and the dining experience is always changing. So for me, um, which is one of the exciting things about this business, but it's also the part of the business that I think you can't stay the same, you know? So, um, but, you know, I just look at it like, why, why wouldn't you want to learn from, from people that are doing it and doing it well. Yeah, it's a great it's a great way to look at things, man. And, and uh, I mean, I, I feel the same way. Um, so it's always refreshing to find folks that you know. I think one one of the guys, um, one of the other guys I interviewed, uh, Kenneth Cribb, he said, uh, "Every great restaurateur is a student of the game," and he has a very mm -hmm. much the same same philosophy you do. So, and it, it is a neat business because it does always change and and, mm -hmm. and taste profiles change and. And even though you serve pizza, I'm sure the pizzas you serve have changed over the years. Although there's probably things that also always stay consistent, like really great service and really like you mm -hmm. all have really fresh food. You you use fresh from scratch um, ingredients, and uh, that's been a really important part. Is that the food you serve consistently is going to be fresh, 
and good. Whether the you know the types of toppings may change, you're, you're never going to stray mm-hmm. from providing that really fresh um, uh, quality food. Right, for sure. I think that's exactly it. It's you know there are traditions, um, especially with Italian food, obviously that I don't you know that are obviously never going to change. Um, and and I think uh, you know you can't. I don't think you're ever going to want to change how you treat people. There's one way to treat people, and that's the right way. So from a service standpoint, um, I don't think anyone's going to ignore good service or not appreciate that. So I think, yeah, those will always those will always stay there. But the, you're right, the, the different menu items, different toppings, um, all those types of things are, are always changing. And, uh, and it is fun. It's fun to experiment. I mean, just things like arugula or portobello mushrooms, I mean, I don't, you know, 15 years ago, I don't think anyone cared if that was on their pizza. You know, and now we see that those those types of toppings being used so much more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, how do you do that? I mean, what, what do you like? How do you how do you stay dialed into um, you know what folks you know are looking for in their pizzas? I mean, are you do you do you study? You know, do you travel a lot and look at what other people are doing, or do you just yeah? You know, that's you kind of always. We we probably don't do as good a job as it at it as we can, but a lot of trade publications, you know, put out new trends and stuff, and it's something I always look at. I think, um, but yeah, traveling is traveling helps a lot. Um, not that we get to do that a whole lot, but the cool thing about Wisconsin, some may call it a negative. I think it's cool is we're usually pretty far behind of the trends. So if something's been working for someone, someone out in California, it usually becomes popular in Wisconsin two years later. So we can usually uh, piggyback on a lot of that. So that's, that's if I see someone doing something, if I go out east or out out west or something, you can usually uh, you can usually expect it to become popular in Wisconsin a couple of years later. That's interesting. And then yeah, I guess there's like you you also don't want to be too far ahead of the curve where you're you're doing something that's not quite you know mm-hmm. hasn't caught on uh, where you yeah. are, uh, even though maybe people in. San Francisco or New York or whatever are into that. Um, right, and that, yeah, exactly. I just I just read in a magazine that bruschetta was is like not not cool anymore. Well, people in Wisconsin still love it, so you know, it's, yeah. it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny how that works. That's cool. So you and so now, and so you have three locations, uh, and they're not like, are you are you you're in? Are they all in different towns? Is that do I remember that correctly? Yep, yeah, they're all in different towns, probably in a 40, 45-mile radius, though, so relatively close. Okay, okay. And how many, so you had, how many did you have when when you and, and uh, your siblings got involved in, in the business? Did you just have the well, one, or? Yeah, we just had one until I graduated college. I, I guess that was probably more the motivation behind growing uh, when I graduated college. Um, so, so at that point, we opened our second location, and then I think it was like three years after that we opened our third. So. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And then, so that's been uh, you've been you know sort of helpful as a catalyst for for growth. Do you do you find that there's um, one thing I heard once was grow grow half as fast as you think you should, um, mm-hmm. meaning that you know sometimes we grow but then we you know it's possible to just grow too fast. Do you? Do you, do you I mean, is there how do you find that balance of knowing when it's time to go for you know from number one to number two, two to three, and then you know yeah, maybe I, go from three to four? Yeah, I think we definitely grew too fast. Um, you know, although it's been good um, from a you know business has been good. Um, I think it's been probably more stressful on us than it needs to be. Um, if I could go back, I would probably uh, make sure that our systems were a lot stronger. Um, and our our processes were a lot stronger. Um, what's a, what's an example of that? When you say a system or a process, like what's this? What is an example uh, of something oh, you wish it, was stronger? It, it could be anything. It's a, it's something that we're kind of focused on right now because we have three stores. Um, it can be anything from lasagna recipes. It sounds it sounds simple, but if you don't have a lasagna recipe and system in place for making that lasagna the right way every time, it's amazing how your employees can start to sway from from how how you originally intended it to be made, um, how recipes kind of get altered and uh, things like that. So 
Um, that's one way. Uh, handling guest complaints or, you know, there's just an array of all aspects of the restaurant um, that if you don't have a clear clear way of this is how we do it, this is the rules of of this restaurant, um, it's it's funny how people, they, they just, I, I don't know if it's intentional. Sometimes it might be, sometimes it's not. Um, some of your employees might start doing it this way or, you know, or, well, we'll try this this time. Um, so that's that's kind of what I mean by systems and processes. So you really need to have every, just as many uh, aspects of the business down to a really defined system or a very, or a defined process. Um, yeah, I think, I think you know, and it's, for us, we've been able to make it work because I think we have, you know, I have my siblings involved. So we're very hands-on at all of our stores. Um, but I think for an operator that is, if if you're if you own one restaurant, and you're looking to expand, um, and you don't have the the family help, the people that you can trust that care as much as you do, um, you know, I think those systems and processes are are crucial, and I think will will go a long way. Yeah, is that hard, Paul? To Especially, you know, your family's been involved, so you all have had, you know, you, it's it's truly a, a family business, and you all obviously, since it is your family business, you know, it's kind of like your baby. I mean, is it is it hard as you grow to let go of things and trust people to do things, you know, the same way you would? Like, I always feel like I would have a hard time um, if I put myself in, like, I always feel like, okay, I know I, I'm going to do this right, so... Uh, I, I'm going to do it well, and I'm going to do it right, and I'm going to go over and above because you know this is my my livelihood and my passion and uh, so on. So I, I feel like I would have a hard time trusting somebody else to to do it the way I would, or, or finding somebody that you know I, I feel like I could replicate myself with. Is that a, mm-hmm. is it hard to let go of some of that as you grow? Because you kind of I mean you can't do you have to let go right. obviously as you grow. Yeah, is it hard? I think. I think it's I think it's very hard, and I think it depends on the type of person you are. I think most entrepreneurs in America are the type of person that think and know that they can do it better themselves. Um, so that makes it, you know, I think that's why they become entrepreneurs in the first place. Um, yeah. You know, they 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 see a problem and they say, "I can do that better." You know, so that's why they start their their gig. So. Yeah, I think, you know, I think that's it's a good balance that I have with my family is my dad has a little bit of that in him, obviously, where I'm probably probably a little more um willing to let other let let other people do some things. Um but I I still think, you know, it goes back to those systems. You know, I think if you can establish this is how we do it, this is how I know works the best, you know, and then then you give that to your people and, you know, then, then you're managing that system and you're not managing those people. Um, you know, and I think that's where a lot of people get in trouble is they, you know, they, they, you can have conversations with people and, um, you assume that it's common sense to you, but it might not be common sense to that person because we all have different life experiences. And, uh, you know, and that's why I'm just real big on it on getting those those systems established so that so that everyone can agree this is how we do it you know and it's not left up to um left up to your manager's um perspective on things and obviously it's not that you don't want their opinion or their perspective because I think that's always good and that can help but I think at that point if you decide if one of your you know staff has a good opinion on a way to make something better you obviously take that and then you make that the new way of doing it um, and not not let people have too much freedom um, without without the structure, I guess. Yeah, it seems like that would be a... that would be a careful balance and um, you want... Yeah, it's like you said, you want people to feel like their opinions matter, but then I guess that's it. So maybe somebody does have a better way. And if you're open-minded... And you're not, you know, you don't have a, the ego to say no. It's our, it's kind of my way or the highway or whatever. And you go, you know what? Actually, this is better. Then you take that and you go, okay. So now this is our new. 
system. This mm-hmm. is our new process, and we 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 use this at all of our. You know, this is how we do things mm-hmm. now. So it's right. it's something that needs to be put in place, but is also ad- adaptable to change. You know, when the changes for the the better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, then how do you? Well, let me ask you this. Um, so three three locations now, and then do you? Um, I mean, do you see this as something that you want to continue to, to grow, uh, you know, in Wisconsin or outside of Wisconsin? Or what do you guys, you know, what's your long, long-term long vision? Is it going to be in the family for many years to come? Or what do you hope to yeah, do? Yeah, I don't know. You know, um, I don't know if we have any expectations. Um, I think we, we definitely want to grow because I think there's opportunity. Um, and I think we all um, like that challenge and like, you know, like what, where that could go. It's it's super exciting opening up stores and new markets, you know, and, and becoming part of uh, new communities. So, um, you know, I think definitely that's something that we're going to want to, to probably do. Um, that's one thing that we're working on though right now is making sure that those, those systems and processes are, are in place so that if we do, it happens the right way. Um, you know, and that's, uh, that's, one thing that you know, I think we're all on the same page there uh, with my family. So, um, yeah. How, how do you like when you go into a new market? How do you ingratiate yourselves into the market? Like, how do you how do you keep you know? There's and I, particularly with pizza, there's there's so many different um, and maybe not in some of the smaller towns in Wisconsin. I don't know. I'm not familiar with your area, but I mean, there's just so many mm-hmm. different types of pizza places and they're like what do you do when you go into a market to show to let people know hey you know it's not we're just not just another pizza place you know we have really great food we have really great service we're you know we we make investments into the communities that we're in and we want to be fully a part of those communities what are some of the things you mm-hmm. do as you go into those new new, new markets yeah i think you know for us it, it because we are so close i think that's one thing that's kind of crucial is is the brand identity we've been able to carry over strong brand identity from our, you know, from our one store to our second to our third. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't as hard as I thought it would be. I was actually pretty surprised at how much support we've had, we had in the new communities right away. Um, so I, you know, and I think that's just, you know, from my dad, uh, you know, what he established from the get go is, is how we, how you treat people, you know, and, and I think that's something that if you look at how you do business with your employees and and with your customers, it it really comes down to how, you know how are how are you making them feel in the transaction, um, you know and and that to me is easy for people to see, um, and you know it's it because it, you're right I mean food pizza is pizza you can have a better pizza a better quality pizza but that will always be duplicated. Someone can copy the way we make pizzas and someone can copy the way we make pasta. Um, and people can copy the way we decorate or the music we play. But you know, that that's the thing that's hard to duplicate is how you make people feel. Um, and I think that's something that my, my parents established right away. Um, and it's something now that, that we talk about a lot and, and it's something now that we have three stores is, that's one of the one of the big challenges. How do you get everyone to start thinking that way? You know, because when my dad started, it was him doing it. You know, it was if it was it was him staying open a little later if he knew people needed. You know, if a table came in at closing time and they wanted to eat, you know, it was him that would, could leave the ovens on, and it was him that would um, walk our waitstaff girls out to the car at night so that you know just so that they felt comfortable walking to the back alley. You know, like little things like that. I think that he did probably without him even really knowing he was doing it, um, really showed people that he cares about them uh, on a personal level. Yeah. And he did. And it was his, and that's, that's always a trick to me. I always find it fascinating. It's like, how do you find, so he did. And then you all do because it's, it's your family's business and you saw you were raised by him. You, you fought, you, you saw his example, uh, and, and, and then you, but then the, the trick always seems to be to me like, okay, so now we're going into this, like, how do I find people that have that same mentality that while this isn't, you know, 
um, their baby, so to speak, that will treat it that way. They will treat it like it's their own and will have those those same instincts. That must be, It's a, I mean, it seems like that would be a hard thing in your business to, to find those kinds of people and to keep those kinds of people. Yeah, I, I think it is definitely hard. And I think uh, people that have been successful, I think they spend a lot of time at that part of it. I know uh, Culver's is a popular burger franchise in Wisconsin here that's growing uh, throughout the country. I know they put a lot of emphasis in the the people that they let run one of their franchise. Um, Chick-fil-A is another example of relationships I have with them is, you know, they, they don't just let anyone run a Chick-fil-A, you know? Um, so no, I think don't. that is, I think it is crucial. You know, I think you, I think you have to find people that have a natural heart for serving other people and a natural heart for wanting to make people feel a certain way because there's so many things that happen throughout the course of a day in the restaurant business. And if you're not, you know, if you don't have that right mindset, then every situation is going to be different. So, so it really comes down to, uh, you know, who's, who's, who's the leader in your restaurant and, and, uh, you know, how are they going to handle those situations the right way? And it, you know, it, it is, it is, it's probably, I, I think a lot of people would agree that that is the challenge uh, with growing. Um, and I think, like I said, the people that are successful, they find good ways to filter that and um, train and educate um, so that they're they're always teaching um, that philosophy. Have you gotten, I mean, do you spend like, do you have a really uh, in-depth process or clear process for, for hiring people. I mean, I'm sure it's, you've probably refined it over the years, but is that something you really put a lot of thought and energy into? Well, I think, you know, for us, it's been easy because we've been so involved that, that a lot okay. of times it's us, you know, hiring people that we know or that we can interview ourselves or we can create relationships with. But I think going forward, it is definitely a concern and something that that needs that we need to find a way like I said, to, uh, yeah, to hire the right people, you know, um, it's, you know, in our communities, you, you, you know, a lot of people and, you know, it's, it's been easy that way for us, especially because we have so many, uh, siblings in my family, <laughs> you know, usually it's friends or, or people like that. But, um, yeah, that it's definitely a concern going forward. Um, it's something that we need to, to figure out how, you know, the best way to do that. What um, what really gets you the most excited about the restaurant business? Um, I think for me is is probably for me personally is the growth part of it. Like I said, going the the thought of going into new markets and uh, just seeing what I know that the, the the type of relationships that we could create in in every town. And I see the interactions that our employees have, and and uh, you know, with and with our customers, I see I see that happening in our stores. So for me personally, it excites me to think about that happening um, in other communities. Um, yeah. You know, and that's that's just me. My, you know, our family we're pretty, I think, the diverse in, in what excites all of us. Um, you know, my I think my for my dad, it's. He, I think he really does genuinely love food, and he has a passion for making good food. Um, so it's the, he's probably more of the food guy. Um, and then my my brothers and my sister, they you know they have different different things. I think that excite them about about the business. But that I would say for me personally, that's probably it. Gotcha. Um, and let me ask you this: When you are, are moving into or looking around in, in a new community, um, like maybe when you open your last store, how do you do? You spend a significant amount of time. I'm sure you do, but just talk about the, the time you spend and why it's critical to um, a. You know, I guess talk about finding the location and know and how you know it's the right one, and then b. Um, advice you would have to people on, you know, whether it's, do you guys buy your buildings or do you, do you lease? We, uh, we own two of the buildings and we lease one of them. Uh, and honestly, the locations that we've taken over have been, uh, haven't been good ones. They've actually, there's been failing restaurants in, in the, in the two locations that we took over after our first initial one. So, 
Um, okay. Okay. You know, good. Honestly, so, how do you? What? What made you think that you know? Hey, I know this. This play, it hasn't worked, but we can make it work. Yeah. Well, honestly, we're our family is um, a family of faith, and that's how we run our business. You know, and and we really believe that uh, you know the Lord wants you know the best for us. So when we come across the location, or you know, we have someone saying, "Hey, you should you know come check out our restaurant that's for sale." You know, we kind of look at it all um, with an open mind, and we see what doors open and which ones close. And uh, with the two locations that we have now, um, there's a lot of doors kept opening. You know, and we believe that obviously it's the Lord guiding us um, to to do that, and and that has worked for us. You know, and it, it's amazing. Um, and that's you know, honestly, that's how my dad, um, you know, found found his first store too. Um, it's amazing how everyone says, how did you go into that location and you're successful because no one else has been successful, you know, and, and I really don't think that we're that spectacular at running a restaurant. So, you know, we always uh, credit it to, to, uh, you know, our faith and, and how we go about, go about that. Um, you know, so that is our kind of, uh, you know, way, way of finding locations up to this point. Um, because they're they're really not that great of locations, uh, but we've been successful. So we're excited uh, for the future to maybe um, see what better locations could do um, for us, and see how that would change the dynamic of what we do. But yeah, sure, sure. And then, and then do you? Um, yeah, I mean, so you own two, and you're leasing one. Talk talk about the mm-hmm. differences and what you. I mean, what do you think you'll do going forward? Is it better to own or um if you get a good uh, lease is that yeah you know i think i think obviously if you are going into locations that you might be unsure of but you have a gut feeling that it might work and you could you could lease for a couple of years with the option to buy we we you know that's what we did with one of our stores and it was great it gave us a lot of security going in there um to you know to say well let us let us see how it works for a couple of years let us see you know what kind of business is like, cause you know, you, you really, I don't think you ever do know. You always have a good idea or, or, you know, but you could open a store and, and you could realize like, holy cow, that's, that's why this place, you know, isn't busy or that's, you know, so I think, uh, we've done it that way. The lease to own is, is always a nice option. Um, gives, gives a lot of security, um, that way. And I think from a, from a funding standpoint, a bank, they love to see that you have a successful business for a couple of years before they're going to give you a lot of money. Um, yeah. So that, that's been good. Uh, the store that we lease, you know, it, it's, it's nice. Um, you know, you have a little, little less worries and a little less upkeep, uh, as far as, you know, you, you have someone plowing your driveway and stuff like that for you. Um, so that's, that's been right. good too. But I think going forward, I think we do, you know, I think the, the smarter business, um, move is always to own the dirt that you're doing business. That's actually what Tad Tad uh, also told me down in Arizona. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, I think that's uh, which Tad would know way more about it than I do. But um, yeah, so I think that you know that's a plan. Obviously, owning uh, from a business standpoint is is always better. But but I think you know from a security standpoint, that's being able to lease, uh, you know, and not have that huge uh, commitment, you know, it's, it's always a good option too. Maybe and even just to get started, you know. So, do, do you have? Is there any any things you've picked up, or you know, I mean, I guess you've just done one lease or whatever. But is it was there advice you got going into that, or things you learned from that process that you would think are important uh, things to consider if you're getting into a lease? Because it seems like I hear that story a lot. Like, oh, well, you know. Now that I know what I knew, know now, I, I would have done this better when I did my lease negotiation. Yeah, you know, and I think that's the big thing is I think lease negotiations, they're negotiable, you know, and I think a lot of people, um, that's one thing my dad is, <laughs> I've learned from my dad is everything's negotiable, you know, and uh, not just to look at the lease on the wall and say, okay, that's what I'm going to pay and that's what I'm going to do, um, to really try and make it what's good for your business going into it because the last thing anyone wants is for you to get into something that's not good and, and not be able to make it work. Um, so, you know, we've seen, th- you know, I think just making, making that 
you know, the first step is, is not going into it with the mindset of like, well, let's, you know, let's see how both sides can work together. Um, but yeah, we've definitely in our one location, you know, signage has been an issue. Um, you know, something that you kind of overlook in the whole process. That's something I overlooked at least is, is the lack of good signage from the road. Um, you know, and it's, that's kind of been a struggle, you know, what, who pays for what in the lease agreement, you know, if the, if the furnace goes out on the top of the roof, you know, who's, who's going to pay to fix that. Those are all things that, you know, you don't, you, you kind of have established, but then once you get into it, you really understand the importance of that kind of stuff. Um, so those are the things that I can think about off the top of my head. Yeah. And those are things that you really need to, uh, I mean, leases can be long and have a lot of detail, but you can't. You need to. You need to take your time on those, don't you? Because if you get it wrong, it, I mean, it really can be a big difference sometimes between you know a place. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, I think or so. not. Um, yeah, I think I think you want to be thorough and ask you know ask the dumb questions if you have to, so that you understand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't ever look any detail. Um, so. Um, let's see here. I'm trying to think. There's something else I wanted to ask. Oh well, Paul. So you guys are uh, um, so the, it's been almost 20 years then for the first location, right? Is that right? 96. 96. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. Now, do you find it to be challenging to? Um, yeah, it just strikes me that as you grow, the balance between paying attention to looking forward and where you're going and your new locations and then but then also paying the appropriate amount of attention uh and giving the love to where you've been is, is that a tough balance i mean is it is it you know do you have to spend still a significant amount of time going back to location one that's kind of been there it's got a you know 19 year track record now so is it do you, you don't ever overlook that though do you or don't ever kind of take that for granted that it'll always continue to do well or how, how oh, do you find that balance? Yeah, I think, and well, I think that just comes down to like I was saying before is you know, you know, if our if if what our philosophy is, if it's you know that we want to be a blessing to other people and we actually do care about how you feel, you know, I don't think we ever take that for granted, you know. And I think as long as your philosophy is right and you keep that on the forefront of why you're doing what you're doing and not what you're doing. Um, I think that's that's important, you know. So if I get complaints from our first store, you know, I'm not going to take that for granted um, just because it's been there or just because they have a great established business there. You know, I think it comes down to truly caring about the people. Um, so, I, you know, I think I think that's kind of our our philosophy there. I know it's, you know, it's, it's just who we are. Um, I think we care equally about, all those things. Um, so that's kind of how we've, how we've dealt with that, but yeah, it is, it is hard. And I, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how the future goes um, with that, because like you were saying, it's hard to let go. And that's one of the things that is hard to let go is, is those relationships that you create um, with your employees and the customers um, and, you know, making sure that, that those things stay intact is, it's a challenge. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you, you do want to grow and you want to do better. And, and, uh, so I guess, uh, you know, we'll, we're, we're going to have to see how, how that goes. I, it's, uh, I think if we can keep our mindset right on why we're doing what we're doing, I think we can, we can uh, manage that whole process the right way. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's really, that's, that's good. Um, that's good stuff. Now, do you, um, do you, you know, I'm sure you've got at each location, um, probably, you know, more at the first or whatever, but I mean, I'm sure you've got a good, nice um, group of, of repeat customers, of regulars. Um, do you, what are the things you do to, do you do events or, you know, special things that to try to draw new folks into your restaurants? I mean, how, how do you attract new people in there and try to win them over as, as um, you know, more, more regular customers? Um, well, I think the most effective way is, is um, you know, obviously, and everyone will tell you that, is word of mouth. You know, spending time with the customers you do have and making sure that their experience is good. 
um, it's amazing when you when you um, get to a different level with your customers as far as um, more of an emotional experience than just a, a food experience. How how they talk about you for free, <laughs> you know. Um, they right. it, it really it really is, and I know everyone says that you know it's the best form of marketing, but um, you know no one really tells you how to do it. Um, they just say you know word of mouth is the best kind of marketing, and and you know I think for us it's it's creating those relationships with people on on a more personal level, um, you know, and showing them that we do care genuinely about them as people, um, and that you know that can through their dining experience that can look like so many different ways, you know, um, it can be, you know, it can just be showing them that you care enough, you know, when in order to get screwed up or, you know, making sure that they have a condiment that they need or, you know, just any little thing, um, recognizing people's needs. Um, I, I personally, I just, I've seen how that, how that it just changes people's, um, impression of you, you know, in your business. It's, it's amazing how you can go from, you know, just being another restaurant to being the greatest restaurant of all time, you know, when people have those experiences in your store. So I think, you know, and new, new people, other than that, you know, we'll do, we'll do some events, um, you know, with the community. Obviously I think fundraisers are, are good for everybody. If you can, if you can help, a local charity raise some money and, and draw, you know, people into your store to help raise money for that. I think, you know, that's probably one of the best ways. Um, and maybe not even so much for um, getting new people in your store on that specific day, but it goes, again, creating the relationship with the people that are with that organization um, and, and showing them that you care enough that you're going to maybe give 10% of your profits that night to a certain charity. Um, you know, I think that really means a lot to the, to the people that are running these local organizations. Um, and then they, you know, they obviously go and, and uh, talk about that, you know. Yeah, that's really good advice. And that's so true, Paul. Like, it, it you know, yes, word of mouth is great, but the, it is not easy to create. And it does not just happen. It uh, You know, people... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's almost like, you know, I mean, people's expectations uh, are, are pretty high. And, you know, if you just kind of meet them, then, you know, mm-hmm. they eat and maybe they come back or whatever. But but if you can really exceed somebody's expectations and right. really wow them, uh, yeah. they're kind of like, wow, that mm-hmm. that was really cool. And, you know, they're they're cause, because people don't, you know, they're going to offer negative feedback 10 times more often than they're going to mm-hmm. offer something positive. Right. So, right. But if you can do something that really wows people. Uh, they're much more likely to be kind of proactive, you know, word of mouth. Yeah, and it's, it's what makes this. It's what makes this business exciting. You know, it's and, and if you can, if you can teach your employees that too, you know, to look for those opportunities to go to that next level and show people, uh, you know, that you care about them. It it makes you as a person feel good doing it for them, and it makes them, you know, feel good receiving it. So. Uh, it's something we talk about a lot with our employees. It's, it's harder for some people than others. Um, a lot of people, you know, they, they still don't, they still don't get it. You know, um, it's kind of a funny joke that we have. Uh, I just had a conversation with some of our staff the other day. Um, you know, I'm like, you can give away whatever you want if you need to make someone happy, you know, um, I'll yell at you after the fact, but you know, if you, you know, have the freedom and confidence to, to do whatever you think you need to do to make sure that that person understands that we care about them. Um, you know, and that's, it's funny how it, it's not a natural thing for a lot of people. So to get people to think outside the box of, of going to that, uh, going that extra mile for people is, is, uh, interesting and, uh, challenging. But, um, when you see it happen, it's, it's a good feeling for everybody. Yeah. And, and so you're a man of faith. And so, you know, I look at this, like, I mean, it's, it's a lot like the golden rule, right? You know, treat people like you want to be treated. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's really, I mean, when you kind of envision that, like you kind of think, okay, how, if, if I were the person, if I were the customer right now, what would I want in this situation? Mm-hmm. How would I expect to be treated? I mean, and when you kind of start thinking of it that way, <laughs> you know, think about like, not like, I, like 
you know, I'm talking to the customer. What if I were talking to me right now? What would I What would I expect to hear? <laughs> right. Then, then it's you know, you, that's kind of how we should handle those things, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I think you know, it's it's hard for people because I don't think they're I don't even think they know how they'd want to be treated half the time. You know, it, and that's a it's funny treat other people how you'd want to be treated, and and uh, that's exactly right. It's it's really a simple, simple but profound um, business philosophy that works every time. Um, and I think it's reminding people, you know, that, you know, would you really want to be treated like that or would this be a way that you want to be treated, you know? Um, so it, it is, it's a, it's a, it's a simple concept that is, uh, very overlooked, especially in today's society. But you said it, and I think what you just said, like you, it, it speaks volumes because, because you would do this naturally, and, and maybe I would too. I always feel like I'd have a really hard time uh, managing people in a restaurant. And I've managed, we don't have, I mean, there's only five of us that schedule fly. Nobody manages anybody, and we all kind of mm-hmm. do our own thing. But partially because I think none of us really enjoyed managing in previous businesses. <laughs> I have a challenge with, uh, you know, like, but you said this. It's like things may come as common sense you but not to others that have different life experiences mm-hmm. so you can't just say what I said which is treat other people you have to actually show them right and that's kind of goes about your right. point, the system mm-hmm. and the process like here's here's how we do that you know here's right. how we handle right. that so it's through setting an example yourself through your manager mm-hmm. setting an example and then having systems in place to or processes in place and you went through all this in training and education so there you go I mean it's really you have to know how you would do it, but then be able to articulate that and train that. Um, mm-hmm. Those are the, that's the missing link between knowing that you would do it and then expecting somebody else to do it, but maybe they don't know that naturally or whatever, and you have to show them how. Otherwise, mm-hmm. they'll be frustrated, you'll be frustrated, and, and the customer doesn't doesn't get that. Right. That, yeah, and that's, that's honestly, that's the biggest challenge uh, is figuring out ways to do that, you know. Um, and, you know, I know we talked about Chick-fil-A earlier a little bit. That's, you know, and everyone, I think they kind of catch flack for saying for, you know, anytime someone says thank you to them, they say my pleasure, you know. Um, but I think the way, the reason they do that is because that's one of the systems that they've put in place to constantly remind their staff of what their attitude should be, you know. And a lot of people, I think, take it like, okay, that's not genuine, so stop saying my pleasure. You know, I know you have to say it just because you have to say it. Um, but I, I think what's what works for Chick-fil-A is that it is, it's a reminder to their staff that it is a pleasure for them to be serving other people, and I think that's why it works for them. Well, you know, look, I mean, uh, yeah, I would agree. I mean, I, I've... Um, Chick-fil-A, like, to me, like, if I were going to go study a service model, <laughs> mm-hmm. I would go learn as much as I can about what they do um, right. because they do it right consistently all the time. And it does feel very, I think, you know, it's somehow it does feel um, as authentic and genuine as it could be. So, But that's a good, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a good example. Um, well, uh, what is there anything else that, um, you know, like, you would commonly talk to like maybe something I haven't asked you about, but something that you would commonly talk to people about that may come to you for advice that are getting into the business. Um, <laughs> you know, not really. I think, you know, I think you've covered a lot of it. I think a lot of it is your, your attitude and your philosophy, you know, getting into it. It's, it's hard work, you know, and everything, you know, I think a lot of people experience that in life, but um, it can be enjoyable if you have the right mindset about it. Uh, last question I want to ask you, and I'll let you go there, is you said you read a lot. So I'm just curious, not to put you on the spot, but, I mean, just are there any books at the top of mind you would recommend, you know, or you typically do recommend to people that are either, you know, beginning into the restaurant business or entrepreneurs? And I and I, and I should clarify, I'm 100% honestly not trying to get you to plug our book right now. So we already mentioned that. <laughs> other, other, like other, seriously, there like other books that, you you know, you would typically recommend? Yeah, well, your book is great. Obviously, you know that because I read it and talked to all the people that are featured in your book. I tried to and look at what they're doing. Um, but Setting the Table by Danny Meyer is yeah. an awesome book, and I know that's that's you know that's one of those not only for the restaurant business but for business in general. That that goes along with you know the same totally philosophy agree. that we're talking about. Um, that that book is just you know those are the those are the principles that if you can 
if you can if you can get that, I think I think you're going somewhere. Um trying to think of other uh you know, talking about Chick fil A too, True Kathy has wrote a lot of books. Um, you know, they're small, easy to read books. Those have been those have been awesome to read. He I he I don't even know the names of them, but any any book that he's wrote has been has been really good. Um hmm, trying to think what else. What else? What else? Uh, start with why. Um, Simon start with why. Like, yep, that goes along with that same philosophy of why do you why do you do what you do? You know. Okay. Um, everyone, you know, everyone knows what they do, but it's it's why, and he gives a lot of examples of the companies that really understand their why, and how you know it's clear that they're they're running a su- superior business to the the companies that don't understand their why. So. I would say those three, those those three books or those three, uh, you know, authors have been good. Um, but yeah, dude, your book is on target. Well, as I started to ask that question, that. I realized that it must sound like I'm getting. So I, I really, t- I actually, I read a lot too, and I just am always curious. So I would, I have not read of any of True Cathy's stuff, although I've heard before that he has some great stuff. And for folks listening, he started Chick-fil-A, and so a really sharp business person, and he has some great stuff. And so starting with why would be one, and then setting the table. I haven't read starting with why. I want to check it out. Setting the table is just great. Uh, it's, a, just, it's like sort of the, the standard bear book. Like if you're going to get in the restaurant business, just you know, mm-hmm. read that book. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, you, you, you will, you know, if you have any curiosity on learning um, uh, a philosophy for be succeeding in the business, and as you said, really this business or any, uh, that's a great one. So, well, listen, Paul, thanks a ton, man, especially since you did this twice now. And uh, <laughs> I really uh, I, I appreciate it very much. And um, I just thank you for your time and your thoughts and input and advice. And just uh, you shared so many good things. That I know anybody listening will get a lot out of this. So really appreciate yeah. it. Thank you, man. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for all you guys are doing. You know, you guys are making uh, – making my life easier so i appreciate it glad to hear it glad to hear it always yeah absolutely um well good man well uh thank you thank you very much and i'll let you get back to it and uh you know i'm sure we'll, we'll talk again soon but appreciate you taking the time Paul. all right buddy appreciate it all right man take care